With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, uh, there's honestly just a lot to get into this week, so I don't got a whole lot too much to break us off. I'm just, I'm ready to get rolling today. Yeah, I mean, look, man, it's it's a whole lot to, to break down, and and that's, you know, I feel like yeah, there's no better time to start than now, I guess. So go ahead, DJ, let's get us tipped off. You know what? That, you, you summarized it perfectly. We're not even a minute into this. We're going to get straight into the tip-off. Brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man. Feel like a champion. Click the link in our bio. Fantastic Black Friday and cri- late Black Friday, early Christmas shopping deals in there as well, too. I just picked up some new ones. You can still get the limited edition Star Wars soap to have the force be strong with you, as well as some pine tar soap get it, and deodorant getting ready for baseball season. So, Kelsey, we're in the tip-off. And it turns out we're in 2020. By checking in right now, we have time-traveled backwards into the year 2020 with the return of the Rona across several major league sporting sporting venues, including the NFL, NHL, and NBA. Multiple teams under severe protocol. Some teams, I don't know how they're going to field a team. I'm starting to put out, I'm updating my resume so I could be like, can play slot receiver. Does not play like Hunter Renfro, but looks like Hunter Renfro. See if someone wants to give me a shot to just sit on the bench at least. Yeah, so to give you an idea, two days ago, 36 players were placed on reserve COVID-19 list due to positive tests. As of today, six hours ago, according to insider.com, Nearly 4% of NFL players have tested positive for COVID-19 in the past two days. That is an insane amount of players. And you're talking some of the bigger names out there. Look at Just look at the Browns. I mean, Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, you have Jarvis Landry as well. You have countless other players just on the Browns. I mean, there's, what, 12 on the Browns that I believe that are in COVID there's protocol? There's 18 on the Browns last I saw, 18 on Washington, and 16 on the Rams as far as the major ones right now that I've heard as well, too, with plenty of others going around at this point as well, too. But those are the three ones that seem to be ravaged right now. It's it's crazy. I mean, look, OBJ just got put on it. He could he wouldn't have escaped it if he was in Cleveland. He, he <laughs> couldn't escape it in L.A. either. Um, it's This is just rough, man. I don't, I'm not sure what to expect from this next – this weekend of football, but I can tell you that when a lot of teams need a win, this is going to be very, very interesting for who can pull one out when they, they have their, their, their hands tied behind their back, really. 
You know, the NFL and the playoff hunt has always been a war of attrition. That's always been what it's been called. Who's the healthiest and the hottest at the right time. This year is literally going to be who is left standing, who just happens to be able to field at least 45 of their of their actual players by the by Sunday, as opposed to every other team. And that's just the NFL. We look at the NBA. The Bulls have had three games postponed, not two games postponed, if I'm not mistaken. The KD had to basically go out there with the JV squad and me at one point just the other day and still dropped a 50 point triple level, by the way. Fantastic. Just saying. Then there's also the Raptors now that in honestly all of Canada sports are going to start cutting back on capacity limits by the sounds of it. The Lakers have had some issues like it's starting to come spiking again. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that I don't think they're going to close down sports again, but I feel like live sports action during is about to be really, really significantly mitigated here coming up. And then there's the NHL. My goodness that they've been blasted. Multiple, I can't remember which team was had 18 play, player or personnel groupings and COVID protocols. Like it's, it's running rampant across sports and kind of makes you wonder as well too. What is going to be the plan moving forward? Are you just going to ignore it? Are you going to change the protocol so it doesn't happen? Are you going to shut everything off? Like, what is the plan moving forward? We know the NFL. They said, for if it's an unvaccinated breakout, they will cause you to forfeit the game. But if I'm not mistaken, at least in the Browns case, the majority of their players are vaccinated, including those that are testing positive right now. So what does that have you do? They, it's not like they have until Sunday. They have until Saturday at 430. So they have an even shorter schedule than usual. Yeah, and, and the NFL is not planning on pushing it back, which bravo to the NFL for not planning on pushing it back. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, maybe you might have to consider it here just to get people enough people to be healthy. Um, but, you know, you mentioned some of the protocols going on. Looking at the NHL, they look like they're going into advanced health and safety protocols until January 7th at the very, early, at the very earliest they'd get out of them. Um, so that you're looking at about a month worth of advanced safety protocols, which include the same thing as they were before, six feet separation, uh, go back to the locker rooms, being completely separated, masks on at all time in the facilities, multiple tests per day, you you name it, and they're going through it right now. And that's not just Canadian teams, because you mentioned the Calgary uh, Flames with the with the outbreak in Chicago, but that's American teams too, everybody, all, all, every team in the nation. Um, Toronto broke, Toronto the city actually broke down on, on major healthcare um, protocols as well, so they, they're going into – not a shutdown, but a mini shutdown type of situation where they're basically restricting activities um, just like they were before. And yeah, it's a, it's a sad situation. I mean, I thought we were almost done with this. Uh, like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like you kind of figure it's going to come back around eventually. Just like a yearly cold does eventually, but this is a different ball game than a normal cold. Like yeah. this is something we haven't figured out yet. Whereas the cold we have figured out, we just, you're never going to fully eradicate the cold. It's just, it's there, but you can mitigate the symptoms. This we don't have figured out with the new variants coming out year in and year out. Absolutely. Six months apart. So and the one if we're gonna find a positive quote unquote off this thing is the newest variant seems to sound from what it sounds like is it's the least dangerous of the recent variants, but it's the most spreadable. So that could be this why this sudden burst of breakthrough as well, too. Coming right off the holidays, you gather with your families, and this is just kind of a I don't it's in, it's indicative of what's happening probably countryside, worldwide, all that as well, too. It's not just the it's not like, oh, only NFLs are get or NFBA only athletes are getting right now. This is probably happening all over the place. They just get tested daily because that's how the protocols are. I'm sure if most people got tested daily, they would probably test positive as well for it as well. So something to keep an eye on moving forward as well, too. And I guess my thought to you is before we start moving out of this segment too much with this new COVID explosion, if you will. Does this make you change some of your NFL prediction, like what some of the predictions we had earlier in the season? Do you think this is going to change things up a little bit too? I mean, because there are some teams that be more susceptible to it, certain areas that seem to be more have higher risk, expo, ex, higher risk of being exposed. Or do you think at this point everybody's a danger? Because I look at Tampa Bay last year; they survived it as well as anybody, and they I feel like if I'm not mistaken, they're 100% vaccinated now that 
Antonio Brown in that situation is kind of off to the side. But I feel like this kind of goes in their favor as well because they handle it very well last year. Same with teams like Seattle who haven't had a single case in two years. Just moving forward, just being able to avoid this sort of situation, do you think this benefits them? I think it benefits anybody who was uh, ahead of the curve and got their their team boosted too. Um, because you look at the NFL now, ninety percent they're they're asking their their league officiants to to try and get mandated if as soon as possible, or if uh, to get boosted as soon as possible, not mandated, but to they're asking them to get boosted as soon as possible if they can, so that way they can they can help mitigate it as well from the front office standpoint. But yeah, I mean, I think there there are going to be some cases where certain places where they are more ahead of the curve will have an advantage. I, I really do. I just it's hard to not think they won't. Um, you know, the interesting thing, I know we're talking about NFL, NBA, and NHL right now, but again, I keep looking at this towards college football as well because now we're in bowl season. Now we have guys traveling and seeing their families for the first times in certain cases for some of them, hanging out with families in a new area, new city. Are they going to put protocols on them to play the bowl games? Because, I mean, you remember last year was they were locked down in their, their hotel rooms. They didn't get to experience anything of the bowl, ga- bowl series, uh, what, what the bowl games pr- provide. So this year they were looking forward to that. How much does that hamper their experience as well? I mean, this is a unfortunate situation we're experiencing and it doesn't seem to want to get any better. And on top of that, you look at some of those guys. We've seen a lot of a few players like Kayvon Thibodeau, if I'm not mistaken, Carson Strong, a few others. But like, you know what? I'm going to skip and just get ready for the NFL draft. Now with this, you don't even get to experience the bowl game. If you're not playing for a playoff or one of those major New Year's six months or something like that, like a last memory, I see a lot more taking that route as well too. Like, you know what? Maybe Matt Corral's like, you know what? I got nothing to gain for this. I'm not mistaken. Kenny Pickett could also do that as well, too. I'm not sure if he already has or not off the top of my head, but there's a lot of those guys I could just be like, you know what? What do I have to gain from this? I'm not going to risk risk the COVID situation, risk not even getting to enjoy the bowl game, his bowl, the whole bowl atmosphere as well, too. So I think the trickle-down effects could be very significant here. I'm going to redirect it back to the NFL because that's where we started. This is what you get for putting games on Saturdays directly after the holidays. You already have Thursday, Sunday, and Monday basically on lock. Where most people, besides like the fans, but most players and coaches hate Thursday. It's, yeah. it's your products usually a little watered down. I mean, just the game we have coming up, the Chiefs have some players missing, the Chargers have players missing. Like it's not gonna be the best of both teams, and that's an incredible matchup. It's a shame. This is what you get for trying to monopolize Saturday as well, too. As soon as college football and Jack, you know what? We're gonna do this too, and we're gonna do it right after the holidays with everybody traveling. So it's could have not all been avoided, but you have to imagine maybe you add a game to this regular season like you did this year, throw in that bye week right after the holidays. It, it felt like this could have maybe been plucked a little bit earlier. Granted, it's a worldwide pandemic virus, so there's only so much you could do, but still still mad that they decided to monopolize Saturdays down the stretch like that as well, too. So it ends up, it's fun for us, but it ends up hurting those teams that have to play on Saturdays. You look at the Browns now having to play on Saturday. That's another 24 hours of tests where you, maybe you get Stefanski or Baker, any of those guys back. The Colts and the Patriots, what if one of them gets caught up with that? I know the Colts are one of the, not the most vaccinated team, if I'm not mistaken. Suddenly, DeForest Buckner gets a false positive. Darius Leonard, one of those guys. Well, there we go. You're in trouble there. And then you just looking forward as well to Christmas the next week. The Colts and the Cardinals. Like the Cardinals are already out with DeAndre Hawkins. What if Kyler Murray gets one? Like, yeah, there's, and there's so much going on right like, with it. And that's just it. Like you're talking, you know, false positive. But what about just contact tracing? Contact tracing. Mm-hmm. I mean, contact tracing. You have that 24 hour period where you can pass two tests and be fine. Uh, but if you don't get the opportunity to pass those two tests in the 24 hour period, you're out of luck. I mean, that happened, I, I believe, two weeks ago. Somebody tested positive on Friday traveling to a game. They had to be separated from the group, have to pass two tests, were able to pass the two tests, able to play on Sunday. But like, Tyler Higby, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, what is that? 
if that happens now on a Saturday game, you're out of luck. I mean, I as much as I applaud the NFL for not wanting to change the schedule as much as it did last year for one team to take advantage or anything, at the same time, I'm like, when it's affecting a team as strongly as it's affecting these guys, I, I think you almost have to really like at least consider it. At least consider moving it to Sunday and maybe moving a Sunday game up who has a healthy schedule. Just move it. Just don't play any games on Saturday. Move everything to Sunday down the stretch. I, that, I always just felt like yeah. it was weird. I, like Sunday and Monday are NFL days. Thursday, I love the NFL, so it works for me, but I still I don't like it, but I like it at the same time. Now you're taking Saturdays too. Now you're, it's just kind of getting ridiculous, and you're hindering your product in a high collision, car collision type sport. And now our Saturday games, who knows what's going to happen? We already know that first one with the Browns and the Raiders. It looks like it's going to be the Raiders versus the Cleveland roller hockey team at this point as well, too, whoever could suit up. Yeah, versus Guardians 3.0, if you will. Um, but no, this is it is going to be interesting. I, I mean, I, to your point about Saturdays, yeah, don't don't play, don't try to take over another day. So the NFL, we already knew was going if they could do it, they they would take over seven days a week if they had the opportunity. Just look at the off season. So I, I don't know. As much as I like football, I just take a day off. Just to redirect us back to the Rona thing now, because now we're getting on our own tangent. Speaking of which, if any of you teams out there need somebody to fill in, I'm available. What if the Cleveland Guardians? If you need somebody to sit on the bench for basketball, I got you. Cleveland Cleveland Browns. I'm I could be at the practice facility in ten minutes. Just let just send me a, just send me the card key to get in, and I'll find some pads that fit, and I'll run you some four four to seven yard stop routes and get first downs. I can hunt a Renfro up there, just not as not quite as good. Think of me as great value hunter Renfro. I I can handle. I can handle. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, look, you, you have an emergency goalkeeper in hockey. Uh, you know, the guy that just sort of stays in the area, stays, stays COVID pro, stays COVID clean. Uh, and then if they have injuries or anything that pops up, they they bring them in. And it's happened a couple times. The Rangers just did it again this year. And and so now, you know what? I'll, I'll happily take that role on in Cleveland. If you come to the Cleveland area and you need an offensive lineman or just a, a warm body to fill out your 53-man roster, let me know. I will I will sign for the bare minimum amount of money you can sign me for, and I will happily do that. You know what? I don't even have to actually play receiver. I'll play the contain guy on the kick return and just kind of stay wide. And if they try and return it off the backside, I'll just kind of stand there and trip them up or get in the way or something. Like I could play the contain on the kickoff. Or if you need a gunner to get pushed out of bounds and immediately get called for a flag every time, even before I get a chance to move back in, I can do that for you. Yeah, if you want to laugh at a guy for falling on his face or running five yards, yeah, I could be that guy. Let me be that guy. Uh, you know what? You want to see somebody try to fail miserably? At blocking Max Crosby, hmm. I could be that guy. You know, I think I think I think there's room for us right there. I mean, I think I could get open. I think I could get open on Casey Hayward if he misses the jam on me. If he misses the jam, I think I can get just enough separation on like a sh- quick slant route. If if Casey Hayward misses the jam and falls down, then possibly. Uh, it, prime Casey Hayward, not so much. But right now, he's losing. Just if I could just if I could slither by that initial jam and don't get him to overextend, I could catch him on a slant route. I'm gonna hold you to that. If we ever meet Casey, I'm just gonna be like DJ Casey, go see what happens. If I do it, though, I want you to admit that I am always right. I don't think I can ever admit that, but I would try. You know what? If it's you okay. beat Casey Hayward, I would, I would, I would give you that. I'd give you, right. that. you know, I would win every argument from here on out if that actually happens. Yeah, so like, yeah, no matter yeah, what, yeah. I could say the most blasphemous thing, and I, and as soon as you argued, I'd be like, "Remember what you said about me and Casey?" The sky is red. What? No, it's not. Casey Hayward and I, I've, I've to- I went head to head and I beat him. <laughs> remember? Okay, fair enough. You win. I'm done. <laughs> The sky is red. No, it's not. Well, the sky was red when I beat Casey Hayward. You remember that? And you never. It's never going to live down. It's the when I beat Casey Hayward. Like, all right, fair enough. You're right. You're right, DJ. You are it's right. The same thing when we did the Browns and the Ravens prediction. If you got the score dead on correct, you would have never let me hear the end of it, dude. That game. You know, we was both going picked the same so winner. Well. We just had to find something to argue about. That game was going so well for my prediction, and then no, I swear to God, they caught. 
They caught COVID in the middle of the game, and that's why they stopped scoring. It was going too well because they were about to win 45-6 to as opposed to 38-14. to Like, they were about to overdo it for you. You know, they were on pace. They were on pace, and that's all that matters. They were somewhat in the vicinity as well, too. But that's something we're definitely hoping is just kind of a, sp- a flash in the pan with this COVID outbreak among sports. Hopefully, it's something that could be mitigated. I'm cool with just forcing another bye week for sports. We will fill in that time if we need to. We will talk sports every day during that time to kind of fill the void for sports fans. We'll figure something out if... All sports want to take a bye week to figure this out, but hopefully it's not something that ruins the rest of the seasons or down the stretch when other seasons get going here as well, too. Baseball's right around the corner, so let's yeah. hope not. We'll see. And they're already in a lockout. They don't need anything else to push them back. I'm hoping, knocking on wood, that that ends up ending right around the season start. I'm hoping it's like the NFL lockouts that always seem to end, quote-unquote, by, by the time the money starts getting close to the preseason or they at least figure something out, not like the bit, the basketball on about actually a decade now ago. Wow, that actually went into the season. Yeah, it's been a while. So we'll see if that one works, or how that works out. But yeah, this is a, it's going to be interesting. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But that'll take us into the main event brought to you by Colorcast and DJ. As always, this is our, our period in time. We talk highs and lows. If you guys haven't checked out Colorcast, well, you have a perfect opportunity. Thursday, tomorrow, we'll be on Colorcast talking about that Chiefs and uh, Chargers game, as we just mentioned a little bit ago, DJ. And then we'll also be back Saturday and Sunday to give you more NFL games. So, you know, if you, we love our friends at Colorcast. They, are, they obviously gave us that opportunity to do the tailgate this last weekend, which was an absolute blast. Um, both of us made it out Rona free. Zach made it out Rona free. So we're good to go. And, uh, as we did not catch it in the Cleveland area. So, um, uh, but shout out to brew dog as well. Brew dog in Cleveland, just for hooking up with the beer, but, uh, ran, ran, random side thought there, but main event DJ, we got your highs, we got your lows. So go ahead and kick us off with your highs. We're going to start in the octagon and I'm not just going to say one fight or anything like that. We're going with all of UFC 269. The card from top to bottom was absolutely thrilling. Started off Sean O'Malley jerking the curtain for the main card, putting on another spectacular first-round knockout, celebrating with the best of them. We're at the second fight as well, too. Kayakara, France, the young Australian emerging star at flyweight, knocking out former world champion Cody Garbrandt, starching him multiple times, sending him flying across the octagon, cementing him as a future contender as well, too. Unfortunately, hate to see Cody Garbrandt now knocked out five of his last six fights. Something you have to look, something to Consider if his, if it might be the time to hang up the gloves for him as well, too. Something to look out for. A sensational fighter, outstanding career, but you can only take so many of those to the head. Then, of course, we also have the co-main and the main event. We're jumping ahead as well, too. Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. The woman's GOAT, the G-WOAT, taking out Juliana Pena, who's been calling for this fight for a year, calling out Amanda relentlessly, calling her scared, saying she's been duck here. And the first round was all Amanda Nunes. She was blasting Juana Pena all over the round, dropped her multiple times. It looked like it was going to be another one for the highlight reel. But then when the round ended, Juana Pena was still there, something very few women can say when they go against Amanda Nunes. Early in the second round, a similar story, but this time the punches from Amanda Nunes had a little less steam in Juliana Pena. My goodness, what a relentless pace she puts on. One of the best grapplers. She won the ultimate fighter with her tenacity, her pace. And then when she gets you on the ground, my goodness, she just attacks all over the place, attacking with punches, elbows, getting the rear naked choke in the second round, which 
wasn't really a rear naked choke when you go back and watch it. She did not have that secured in. Amanda Nunez, she was gassed. She was done. She tapped as soon as that thing got close, tightened in. And it's bound to happen. Sometimes you just you have no fight left. Like that's that submission's only gonna win that one time. But Juliana Pena with an absolutely sensational performance. The new women's champion, and I look forward to win these two rematch if Nunez wants it. Should be an absolute firefight. And if Pena does defend that one, her and Shevchenko fought before as well, too. So you could have another cross-champion fight there as Shevchenko got the one up on Juliana Pena quite a few years back. So there's a lot to be made now with after that sensational performance. And in the main event, Dustin Poirier taking on Charles Oliveira. My goodness, the, the this was the fight where, oh my God, I'm so happy they're fighting. But damn, one of them has to lose. Are you kidding me? You don't want to see either one of them losing. Dustin Poirier came out like a bat out of hell in round one, was blasting Charles Oliveira all over the place early on. But Charles Oliveira, the guy who some people tried to say he was a guy you could get to quit, continued to push forward. He was pushing the action, knees to the body, kicks, got some takedowns. Second round, he got on top of Poirier and mauled him. It was We don't see Dustin Poirier get mauled like that. And Charles Oliveira is a submission jiu-jitsu specialist, the all-time leader in submissions in the UFC, but not a wrestler and a controller like that until this recent win streak he has been on. And then the third round, just jump on his back and turn into basically turn Dustin in the door of the Explorer with backpack, backpack and choking him out, choke him out to retain his title. Charles Oliveira needs to start being considered as that dude. I know he is the champion, but he's going to be every single fight. He's basically favored to lose. He's always the underdog. He's going to fight Justin Gaethje next. They're going to say Justin's going to beat him as well, too, because, oh, Justin hits hard. Charles gets wobbled every fight. He wins every fight since 2018. He has won 10 fights, two full hands, 10. Everyone's favorite superstar, Conor McGregor, has won one. That's all. That's what that is in the three year span. He has won 10 fights. It's not even a shot on Conor McGregor. That's just how good Charles has been. And he's been finishing people. He's been running through Tony Ferguson, stopping Michael Chandler, tapping out Dustin Poirier. Probably, honestly, I it's way too early to make a prediction now, but I think he's going to stop Justin Gaethje as well, too. The stand up is clean. He's technical. He doesn't quit. And he's the greatest submission artist in UFC history as far as the number of tap outs he gets. He's had. He was 10 and 8 in his UFC career at one point before that 10 fight win streak. He had already had 18 fights before this win streak started. Now he is 20 and 8 in the UFC alone. It's one of the ultimate comeback type of stories where it felt like he was just another dude. Next thing you know, he is the world champion with plenty of steam left as well, too. He is not an old guy by any means. Long, lengthy for the division. It was an absolutely fantastic way to end the pay per view season of end 2021's pay per views for the UFC. And I look forward to 2022. And my goodness. Look out for Charles Oliveira. I, he could be a guy that holds on to the title for a while. Yeah, look at this dude. Like, I mean, literally, look at the picture of this man. He is, he he does not look like a dude that's ready to quit. He looks like a dude that's ready to fight you until his teeth come out at the end of the day. Like, if, like, he will literally brawl, he literally looks like he will brawl with you all day long. Fun I don't fact, know where if that, I'm not mistaken, too, he actually got replacement teeth for his new ones because he has a pretty white smile as well, too. So, he, on top of it. But that's perfect. <laughs> that's, it just proves my point. Like, uh, look, this this I remember we did a fight for fight of his a uh, little while ago on Colorcast, and I remember was, that one because I think that's when he beat Tony Ferguson, if I'm not mistaken, and just ragdolled him in ways that is incredibly weird. It's like, wait, what? You're doing that to him? No one does that to Tony Ferguson. Not even Tony Ferguson does that to Tony Ferguson. And then, sure enough, he manhandled him for the entire fight. Yeah, and speaking of doing things that I never thought I'd see, uh, what Juliana Pena did to uh, that was just. Wow. Uh, wow is the only thing I can say about that. Just it, It's crazy because the last time Amanda Nunes lost a fight was in 2014 to Kat Zangano, and it's the exact same way she battered Kat in the first round. The storm was ridiculous. It was a it was a level five hurricane basically all over the first round. But if you survive that, there's only so much 
energy your body can do when it throws that many punches and that many power punches. Like there's only so much gas in the tank, regardless of how good your gas tank is. When you throw that much and that hard, it's going to wear down. If the person's still surviving there is taking your best shot, they're going to get a second wind as well. And we saw that Juliana Pena, who she already has a relentless pace and incredible cardio. Then on top of that, with the belt on the line, she sees Amanda starting to wither down. Suddenly the punches are no longer like that of a 12-gauge shotgun to the face. Like Amanda Nunes is normally or something they turn into a into a little bit of a water pistol, if you will, or maybe not, or just a regular punch. It turns human. And a when you feel gun. human punches, it, suddenly it's a lot easier to push through. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Look, that's absolutely incredible that Juliana Pena was able to withstand that. Uh credit to her will you know, at that one. And man, I what the, here's the question. Do, does she get does Nunes get her rematch immediately? Guaranteed. If she wants it, it's all hers. I don't, they, there's, they all but confirmed that afterwards. If she wants it, it's all hers. I mean, the greatest woman's fighter of all time. She still has a 145-pound belt, too. I mean, she still has two belts. Like, I guarantee they will give that fight. And Juliana Pena will take that fight as well, too. That's going to be a huge fight. Guarantee she will take that right away as well. Kick off 2022 that way. That would be incredible. God, if they reschedule it that quickly, I'd be all about it as well, too. I sure hope so. And before we jump into the next one, I'm going to point out Charles Oliveira. I talked about one of the most exciting fighters. Just performance bonuses alone, which are about which are fifty thousand dollars at the end of the fight. This is just separate bonuses. He's accumulated nearly one a million dollars just off of those performances in his career. I think it's nine hundred and thirty thousand something like that. Because sometimes they're sixty thousand, so the numbers, the math doesn't. Know. It's between fifty and sixty usually. So and he has just shy of twenty total fight of the uh, fight bonuses out of his twenty eight fights. He has accumulated about that much. That includes fight of the nights and finishes of the night. So like he's been, he's an absolutely sensational fighter. And if he just spoke a little bit better in English, I think he'd resonate a little bit better with the American crowd. and would be a little bit bigger of a star. Or if he talked a little bit more shit too. But I mean, I, anyone who watches him, those who know, they know, and they will always be tuning into him fighting, especially, and they love seeing him as champion. Look, that would make, that would win me over the moment a guy starts talking all the good smack, not just smack. Like he has to be good smack. Like you gotta, you gotta make it intel intelligible type of smack. Like you can't just say, you suck. Like that just doesn't do it for me. Like I need, I need, I need spice. You just don't want to hear Daniel Cormier talk. You just want, as long as they don't sound like that. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I, I could, I could still see the hatred in your eyes for him. But I'm gonna go ahead and move on to my second high. Now we alluded to it earlier. We're gonna see it on the color cast coming up. We're talking about the Chargers and the Chiefs, but more specifically, Justin Herbert, the young superstar quarterback from Oregon that all draft experts, quote unquote, tried to say that he was going to be a bust and he was the guy to look out for. You don't want him to play. Well, the last two weeks, you can see the stats on the screen. 74 and a half, 74 and a quarter percent completion percent, 600 yards, six touchdowns to only one interception on a deep pass that bounced off of the receiver's hands as well, too. And that's just the start of it as well, too. We look at his entire season so far. He is looking at 67 percent completion, 3,800 yards, 30 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, 72 yard long. And he's only fumbled one time. And that was while passing rushing. He's ran into touchdowns has 23 rushing first downs. This dude has been absolutely sensational this year. I know the Chargers are very Jekyll and Hyde, and they piss a lot of people off because right when you think they're good, they start to struggle a little bit. He's had a few moments of inconsistencies. The Patriots game, the, the Broncos game, they were really rough. But if we were to, if they did a Madden NFL fantasy draft, you put all the players in a pool and you can start drafting him. Patrick Mahomes is still probably going number one when you factor in age and everything. I'd be hard-pressed not to say Justin Herbert's not going number two. In back-to-back -back weeks, one of them, me and you got to see in person because we got we were lucky enough to attend his game against the Bengals. In back-to-back -back weeks, he might have had throws of the year, like that one against the Bengals. Rolls out to his right, throws a throws it across body, and I think it, we we did the math. There's about a sixty yards in the air, fifty-five yards in the air or so. Yeah, sixty-five yards in the air. 
And then and he, across the field, 50 yards. And what does he do this time? Almost the exact same play, but 68 yards down the field at the end of the half while getting blasted by the backside, backside defensive end and lets it rip down the field to Guyton with it. This is with an injured Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who's out with protocol calls as well, too. This kid is absolutely sensational. And he's, I stand, I think he's fourth in passing yards right now. And he's still hasn't, he's played what, 20, 20 something games, 25 games, something like that, not even two full seasons. This kid's unbelievable, continuing to get better. It, the the Tim Riggins look is absolutely working for him. He looks absolutely sensational. And I mean, you could you could jump in off this one if you want to, but if I'm do if I'm doing a fancy draft man style, he might be the second guy that goes in that draft because you're taking into account age, potential, all that thing as well too. This is very eerily similar when Patrick Mahomes came out, just take away the Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and all like everything that was already built there pre. But a lot of the same plays, the throws, everything we're seeing from him are very similar. We saw from early Patty. Yeah, I mean, really, I definitely, I don't know if I take him top two, but I definitely take him top five without a doubt in my mind. Um, and that's just personal preference. Like, I, I have Lamar ahead of him personally, and, and Josh Allen and him I kind of have on even footing right now. Uh, Joe Burrow is right there as well in that conversation. So that's, it gets a little little mixed up as, as far as their Dak is in that conversation as well. Um, which, yes, I'm admitting to the fact that I think Dak is a top five potential, like, franchise quarterback. Kyler Murray's um, but, up there as well, too. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's there's guys out that are up there. Like Kyler, yeah, and and so it's just down to preference at that time. I think I still give Lamar the nod at number one, just MVP and everything else he's done already in his career, and he just continues to get better. But Justin Herbert, I mean, I I, I do think he's good. He's I hate to say he's part of a trio that we saw w- with a previous, you know, Chargers quarterback where you had Tom Brady, you had Peyton Manning, and then you had Phillip Rivers right here. Just doing his thing, do- dominating a whole bunch of teams in the league, except for the other two. And and we, I, you mentioned he just kind of struggles every once in a while, and it's just like, team at Chargers, like, do better. I want to see you guys get over the hump. I want to see Justin Herbert take that next step and kind of prove that he is that dude. And when he does that, I'll happily say I'll take him number one in, in that little fantasy redraft. That would be fantastic. What I will say, too, is we're going to see exa- if he pulls off this game against the Chiefs with no Rashawn Slater, you're missing your left tackle. Mike Williams is banged up. We don't know if he'll play. Keenan Allen's coming off the COVID list. like, And obviously the Chiefs are banged up as well, too. They're going to be missing, I think, Snead as well, too. That offensive line is banged up for the Chargers. We're going to see an absolute shootout between two of the best young quarterbacks. And if he pulls that one off and sweeps the Chiefs this year, uh, I think we might be talking about him next week again real quick, fast in a hurry. And I talked about the Chargers preseason as my sleeper team this year's Browns and this year's 49ers from the last few years. They might be catching, getting a little, getting starting to steam up a little bit as well too. We'll see. I mean, this is a Chiefs team, and the, the, if they win, they'll be in sole place of the AFC West. They manage to hang around. Question is, can they stay consistent? Which has not been their strong suit. Which new coach, new system, all that sort of thing you imagine. But they win this game. Look out, everybody! The bolts might be striking multiple times. Look, uh, I just like to replay the tape from my preseason prediction where I said the Chargers will sweep the Chiefs. And that is my commentary on my thought towards that game coming up on Thursday. Is I will leave it at that, that if they do it, remember who said it first. It wasn't DJ, even though he's been a bigger proponent for the Chargers all season long. I said it in the preseason pick that they sweep the Chiefs then. You also said they'd only win nine games of that sweep, and they would win nine games if they win Thursday. So like they, you'd say they'd lose out the rest of the way. That just fits with everything the Chargers have done this season. That's not true. They go win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So like they 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 need to spike a little bit. Okay, so maybe they get ten wins. Like I'm sorry, I was off by a win, but I predicted you tweet the Chiefs. 
I mean, I picked them at 11, so I'd be off by a win either way. Like, either way, we're I think we're both saying basically that they're absolutely fantastic. And Justin Herbert specifically, back-to-back AFC Player of the Week, for a reason as well, too, and seems to be only be getting better. And as of right now, you can honestly say this far into their careers, he has established himself as the best quarterback from that draft class as well, too. Obviously, the Joe Burrow injuries hampered him a little bit. Tua's, the Miami messes hampered him a little bit. But Justin Herbert just keeps trugging along and continues to put himself in that upper echelon. So... Really looking forward to this this Thursday night game that will be on the call for. And for my final third and final high, we're going to go to the most productive bye week of all time. And I'm talking about the Colts. They did, entered this last week as ninth in the AFC, trying to claw the way back. Without playing a single game while sitting on the couch, they exited the week at sixth. Not even just cracking in the seventh wildcard spot. They made it the sixth spot due to the tiebreaker over the Bills. They, they're right now in full control of their own destiny. They have the Patriots and the Cardinals coming up in the next two weeks. That's a murderers row you got the two number one seeds coming up both on saturdays nonetheless as well too which once again nfl why saturdays i but i digress if they can win one of those games and then you finish out with a relatively easier schedule because you have the raiders and the jaguars along the way look for the colts to slide into that wild card spot and you can comment on this one too there's not a whole lot of teams that i feel like those upper echelon teams really don't want to play the titans might be the lone exception because they have the colts number this year they somehow turn carson Wentz into carson Wentz really quickly but those other teams they look at that i don't think they don't want to deal with Jonathan Taylor in the first round if they squeak in there. And the Colts didn't even have to play. So you have to imagine they're coming to this game as healthy as you could be, barring a random outbreak or something along those lines. So look, look out if the Colts are starting to get a little bit warm. And climbing without playing is the biggest thing as well, too. Yeah, look, if you can put yourself in a position to climb without playing, you, you do, you're you doing pretty well for yourself. It just means you just have to control your destiny at that point. Um, and, and that's where the Colts are. They, they literally are in a situation where they control their own destiny at 7-6, and six, two games behind the Titans. The Titans could easily start falling. It, you've seen it all season. There's a potential for, I mean, we still have another few games to, to go. I mean, it's not like it's over right now. We still have four more games to go. So, you know, there is plenty of time here for teams to start start tumbling down this this uh, this leaderboard. And and it wouldn't surprise me if the Colts were one that sneaking themselves into a, uh, a division leader position just because they just control their own destiny. Like, getting hot at the right time is a big thing. And it looks, it feels like the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, you know, Carson Wentz, that defense behind Darius Leonard and Kenny Moore right now. Uh, yeah, I don't want to deal with those. Two. First of all, I'm not throwing the ball at Kenny Moore. I'm pulling a Tom Brady. I'm not throwing it Kenny Moore. Secondly, if I tell any, I'm telling all my receivers, you see 53 in your vision, fall down. Just <laughs> go down. Don't get peanut punched. Just fall down. That's it. That's all I'm doing. He's Done. Got, he's got 10 takeaways already. You see him, you fall. Like just yeah, go, yeah. evade. He has more takeaways by himself than I believe 18 teams in the NFL do. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And that team with Carson Wentz's turnover issues still leads the lead in turnover differential. Even though Carson Wentz's turnover issues are, he's at like seven. So, I mean, it's not even that bad, really. But like, in spite of all that, they still lead the league in turnover differential because yeah, of Darius no, Leonard. I'm not looking forward. If, I, if I'm a coach and I see the Colts on my schedule right now, and I've always felt this way about the Colts, at the end of the season, they are kind of a terrifying team if they get on a roll at the right time. Usually that bye week and then as after that bye week, if they're on a roll, I don't want to deal with them because that's the team that doesn't know how to lose. Like Absolutely. they literally will come back from the depths of hell to, to strike back. I mean, just think of Andrew Luck what he did in the playoffs. Frank Reich's career, literally, Frank Reich owns two all-time comeback records at, at, in his career: one in college, one in the NFL. And just before I round, just for my final thought on that one, you kind of mentioned there is a chance they could catch the Titans if the Titans fall off and the Colts stay rolling. Let's hypothetically say that happens. Do you think that's an all-time great rollback for the Colts considering where they were dead in the water? Or do you think that's an all-time choke job from the Titans considering all they had to do was not screw up? 
I, I honestly wouldn't want to give either one the, the, the nod to it because it's it's an unlucky situation the Titans have been put in with the injuries to Derrick Henry, Julio Jones. Uh, you've had A.J. Brown in and out of the lineup. You have no running game because, well, you literally center yourself on Derrick Henry. Um, your defense has been – you finally start to see the defense we thought we'd see holes in. Um, and, and yeah, like I, I don't want to put all the onus on Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. It's, like, it's his fault because we know what type of quarterback Ryan Tannehill is. He is a game manager. Like you don't want him to go out and try to win you games because that's not going to be successful. You need him to go out there and just keep pace on every down. That's what he does successfully. And the Colts, I think, if they if they would have won a few more games con- convincingly that they should have won, uh, then I'd, I'd I'd be like, all right, yeah, like it's an all time comeback. But as of right now, it's a good it's being in the right place at the right time. It's kind of crazy because we both had them doing so much better in our preseason picks. I think I had them at 11 wins. You had them at 13, if I'm not mistaken, something along those lines. And you look at the games they lost. Tampa Bay, you're up by double-digit touchdown second half. The Ravens, you have dead in the water. I mean, multiple teams, they have dead in the water. They're, if they don't make the playoffs, they're going to be looking back at themselves, just hanging their head like, ah, yeah. what could what could have been. So that's going to do it for my three highs of this week. So, Kelsey, what, what are you feeling pretty high on right now? What, what's, got you, what's got you in a good mood? So, number one, I'm going to go right here. To my guy, Travis Hunter, the number one overall football recruit. Spurs the top ACC schools. Spurs the top SEC schools. Signs with a number one HBCU school. Right now, they still have a bowl game to play that will decide whether they're the number one HBCU school. But they sign with he signs with Deion Sanders and Jackson State. And look, his message is fantastic. He gets all the credit. Florida State has always been a beacon for me. I grew up down there. That's what my roots are. I never doubted that I played for the Seminoles. It's a dream that's hard to let go of. But sometimes we are called to step into a bigger future than the one we imagine for ourselves. And he goes on to say, for him, the future is at Jackson State University. He names Jerry Rice, Doug Williams, and of course the legend and Jackson State's own, Walter Payton. Historically black colleges and universities have a rich history of football. He wants to be a part of that history and more. He wants to make that the future for athletes, not just pigeonholing them into these D1 athletes, these top five schools, these SEC powerhouses, these ACC powerhouses. He wants to spread the wealth. This happened a few years ago with Hampton as well. Um, They signed a top recruit, and unfortunately, he actually ended up transferring to a power five school. But hopefully with this this situation, Travis Hunter has his head on right. He wants to do this. He wants to do this for his family. He wants to get an education, and he wants to bring pride back into the HBCU school systems and their football teams, and bring them back to those powerhouses they once were. And, DJ, I know we've talked about this a lot with, with uh, you know, the movement of money in the NCAA and everything and, and kind of trying to get different schools involved. Do you think this is one that – when I look at this, I think this is great for, for, for football in the future. I think this is one that's going to shed light on, on these HBCUs, HBCUs and bring them back into the limelight, if you will. Love it. Love every bit of it as well, too, because obviously you talked about that. The NIL deals, it's almost a lot of players are coming out like, all right, where can I make the most money right away? Which one's going to have the NIL deals? I mean, Texas, if I'm not mistaken, University of Texas, each scholar offensive lineman's making 50K. It's a full time salary job, which is going to pay more than we both make on is like, my goodness. That, looking at him, he's like, all right, I can go to this HBCU school. This is a long game move, and I absolutely love it. You are a top rated defensive back going to play for one of the greatest defensive backs of all time as a coach. As that number one recruit going to HBCU, you'll still there's still plenty of money to go around. None of that as well, too. And the way that college NFL and all that recruiting and scouting is, 
it doesn't matter where you go to school anymore. Like it used to be, oh, if you might slip through, these guys slip through the cracks like a Kenny Moore, Valdosa State, guys like that. You're If you're that dude, you're still going to get picked early. Like they are scared. I guarantee there are NFL scouts that have had tabs on him since his freshman year of high school. Like NFL scouting is a 24-7, 365 job, just like high school recruiting out of high school is the same way. There he is already being like there are NFL scouts already like we're in position to take him. This is what we have idea. Like they have they have a little mini draft board out, out ahead on top of him. So you can go to school wherever you want. This is a great long move for him as well, too. Cause Honestly, you're going to get your most playing time. You're going to look absolutely sensational in those HBCU schools right now as they're building they're building forward right now. But he's going to be maybe right out of the gate the best player out of best player on the field more often than not. Very few times is he not going to be the best player on the field and he's going to look absolutely sans- sensational as well too. So, I think this is an outstanding move and real quickly, I just got a notification. I wanted to point out from our talk earlier. The NFL plans to change its COVID-19 protocols, according to a source as well, too. So kind of talked about earlier in the episode. I just saw the thing pop out now, and it looks like uh, they're going to be looking to change it into a new phase of the pandemic. They're going to be looking into booster shots and things like that as well, too, to try and mitigate the spread. Sorry, this is a little bit. This is jumping a little bit ahead. I just got the thing, got the notification here as well, too, considering they're considering all that situation. So we'll see. Yep, and we got a high guy, so I'm just going to give you a little wave. But no, no, I, I like that. Good for the NFL for coming out with that. And then you know, as you mentioned with with Travis Hunter, I mean, like, dude, it's exactly YouTube, man, TikTok, they will get you found. There's been like nowadays NFL NFL coaches are like their kids are sitting here on TikTok, and their kids will walk up with with a TikTok video of some crazy play and be like, "Hey, Dad, did you see this?" And that dad's gonna look at that and he's gonna call his draft draft uh, speculate like the draft team. He's like, "Hey." Do we have anything on this guy? Where's he projected at? Have you guys seen some of his tape? No, not yet. Oh, you need to go on TikTok because there's tape on him on TikTok. Like it's that easy to find somebody, and then they'll find tape on him. Just and as you mentioned, being the one of the best athletes on the field, the moment you step on it, always will help you. Um, and it's not like a situation where he's going there to be, you know, big fish in a little pond. He's playing for Deion Sanders. There's that's a big fish. Like. There's a there's a big fish and then there's a shark and Deion Sanders is a shark and everybody else is just kind of hanging out over here, like on his team under his shadow. So you're not ever going to be able to step out of the limelight that is Coach Coach Prime and and that's going to be really good for for some of these kids that are like top recruits wanting to to shine a light on HBCUs. They're going to bring a lot of attention there. And honestly, I, I, you love it for for what Dion did for the game and his first time around playing. Now he's doing it coaching and it's 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 absolutely fantastic for sure. I can't wait. I look forward to. So that's a that's a great start, Kelsey. Good luck topping that one with the rest of your highs. You set a pretty uh, high bar there. Well, uh, you know, I could I could top it right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hesitate before topping it. And so I'm gonna go just you know to an all time career NBA record that a man just broke in the name of Steph Curry, two thousand nine hundred and seventy four three balls, beating Ray Allen, Reggie Miller now on the top three list. Uh, look, he is. I've been a lights out shooter since he stepped in the league. We talked about his shooting forms and from his dad, Del Curry, his brother. Look, they have a one of the sickest releases you'll ever imagine. It is honestly, you can't even recreate it in the game. He breaks video games. His release is so good. Um, what he's been able to do in his career, really revolutionizing the game of the the NBA at this point in time and making the three ball as pragmatic as it is and. And no longer the mid rangers, the mid range shot or the dunks or everything you want to come see. You want to come see a dude step up to a logo and drop a curry shot. You know, at the end of the day, that's what you want to see. You want to see a, a buzzer beater from the logo, like you've seen Curry do every single time, night in, night out. And 
and fantastic for him. Been kind of watching the ticker the ticker go down, and it's like it was like nine three pointers, then seven three pointers, then two three pointers, and then it's like it finally happened. And of course, it happens in MSG where there's Spike Lee literally roaming all over the court. Like he is literally in the background taking pictures. He's like a proud uncle. And this is the first time Spike Lee can say that he has watched a record be broke by a three-point shooter that didn't that he didn't have a run-in with negatively at this point in time in his career. As he has had, if you guys remember, the old uh, choke job from Reggie. And Ray Allen and him in the Boston Three Party had plenty of words back in those days. But Steph Curry and him never really had any run-ins. Like, he, you remember Steph Curry when he was coming with little Dell, uh, you know, back in the day. So, uh, you know, good for Curry to do it. And not just – we talk about MSG being the biggest stage too. I mean, what better way to break an all-time record like that in, in, in glorious fashion than on MSG's front stage? Absolutely as well too. And you know what? There's plenty of time. Maybe him and Spike can get into it at least one time. You know, just keep tradition. And my favorite part of that whole thing was seeing him, Reggie Miller, and Ray Allen all pose together with like a jersey hold as well too. An absolutely incredible moment. A wonderful record that's still growing as well too. You know it's going to be broken at some point probably before too long because of how he changed the game. Now everybody is hucking up threes as well too. And not just catch and shoot threes. People are shooting them off the dribble now more than ever. And it's given a lot of guys that might not have had a shot in the NBA in a previous lifetime. It's giving them a different type of shot shot now as well too. And I don't want to say evening the playing field, but it's definitely make giving other guys an opportunity. Like Trey Young, similar situation before Steph Curry. I don't know if he gets quite as many looks, honestly. He gets probably relegated to a – it's hard to really honestly relegate him because he's not a 3 and D guy at that point either, too. Like Guys like him are built off of that. So I, I, I love seeing it. Couldn't happen to a better guy. And it's a whole new NBA now. We'll see how it can, changes moving forward as well, too. He definitely changed the game in ways very few have. Absolutely. So as I said, I could have topped it right there, but I decided to wait and top the Jackson State Travis Hunter story. Until now, and DJ, if I get a drum roll, please. It is the first Nike NIL deal, Raylan Turner. She's a UCLA soccer product. First deal from Nike in, in the NIL era, and this one is fantastic. I mean, she literally is like, she said and I, that she wants to take on women's sportswear that Nike has brought from the likes of Serena and advance it into even further realms. And look, a better not, I can't think of a better athlete to take this over. In 2021, she earned all-pack region and all-pack 12 honors. One of four players to start in all 20 games as a freshman. Oh, well, I'll start in all 20 games, and she did it as a freshman. She's ranked second in the team in scoring with 10 goals and 21 total points, so she had 10 goals and 11 assists. Recorded her first collegiate hat trick uh, on September 5th. Followed her hat trick with a game-winning goal in the next game against the defending NCAA champions. Scored game winner against UC Irvine. Scored goal and assisted in the game winner against USC. Uh, that helped the Bruins win the Pac-12 title. She played in a career-high 109 minutes against Washington in October on October 24th. Named the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week and the top drawer soccer team of the week after her hat trick, her first hat trick in the season. And she was also selected as the top drawer soccer's preseason best 11 this season and i mean that's just to name a few of her achievements like this this girl has a long future ahead of her we talk about the likes of alex morgan we talk about sydney larue we talk about Kristen press megan rapino many great women's soccer players Raylan turner is going to be the next in line and she has a long time to go she is only still at this point in time in her career only only 19 or 20 so give her some time uh to get there but uh yeah it's going to be Gonna be interesting to see, interesting to watch as she grows up, because now she gets that Nike training in the off season. 
you know, that's an that's an aspect to this. And by the way, Adidas is not a Nike school. If you were ever curious about that, uh, UCLA is not a Nike school. Um, so that is a, an interesting aspect to this as well. So signing a Nike athlete from a non-Nike school, and we wondered if the, we, we'd see the day, but we have finally seen it. Honestly, they I, if, if it didn't top it, it got really close. We'll call them one A and one B as well too. But honestly, Nike, I do. They couldn't have done a better like a first NIL deal athlete. They couldn't have picked a better one as well too. Like an absolute spot on one. You break breaking mold, breaking barriers, and as you mentioned as well too, going against the norm, t- taking an athlete from a non-Nike school. Very few brands will do that. They will stay brand loyal to a fault. They oh, will follow. Actually, like, was that? I was incorrect. No, they did sign a deal with the Jordan brand, Nike, and oh. to wear the Jordan brand on their uniforms as of 2021. Okay, so, so either, my either apologies, way, I was wrong. Either way, it's still breaking barriers. It's absolutely sensational move by Nike, and there's a lot of talk about the NIL deals. Oftentimes, it is from worse. Looking at you, Dabo Sweeney, but they're <laughs> look, overlooking some of the great parts of it, like this as well, too. So I absolutely love this, and I can't wait to see more stories like this coming out moving forward. Yeah, and, and just, to, just to finish this story off, she says, as a black woman and Mexican-American, she thinks that those who have paved, to, paved the way for her and how they use their platforms create so much change even beyond sport. She hopes to be a role model for those around her and, and those after her. She pointed to Jackie Robinson and obviously longtime Nike endorsers, like I mentioned before, Serena Williams and MJ as her sports heroes. Uh, look, you can hope for anything better. And, and hey, USA national team, go ahead and just work her into the fold now. Just, just just make it happen as well, too. I mean, they put Anthony Davis on Team USA when he was still like 19. Just get just get her in there now. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. So that does it for my highs. A uh, little bit of all, all sorts of I'd say all sorts of record breaking highs this time. I, I feel like our highs covered a whole compass this time, too. We weren't too locked in. We opened up we opened up the umbrella a lot and touched a lot of different subjects. So I think that was a quality set of highs. It's a shame now we have to go to the lows. It's all right. These are going to be pretty quick lows, I feel like. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll run through mine relatively quickly. I'm going to start. With the man, the myth you mentioned earlier, Lamar Jackson as well, too. And it's not that I'm low on him overall. I'm low on his recent performances as well, too. And so far this season overall, since they started at 6-1, and 7-1, and one, he has turned the ball over more times than he has touchdowns. I believe it is eight touchdowns to six, inter- six interceptions or six touchdowns to eight interceptions passing. During that during the season, he has not had a 100. He has not had a rushing touchdown since week two against the Chiefs when he did that front flip and almost hurt himself as well, too. 100-yard games, he had one against the Vikings in overtime when he ran it 21 times, and that Chiefs game. No other 100-yard games as well. The fumbles still about where they are as well, too. Passing touchdowns, obviously, against Cleveland. He got hurt early, so we didn't see it a whole lot. Against Pittsburgh, the interception, the missed throw late to Mark Andrews, that would have been that, that would have got them the win on that two-point conversion attempt. Against Cleveland the first time, four interceptions. Honestly, what kind of saved them in that game was the, uh, the Browns' own offensive ineptitude, where they were even worse somehow. Against Miami, he was looked all out of source. He's he hasn't quite been Lamar Jackson this year as well, too. And I don't I'm not I kind of want to chalk it up to I drafted him, I traded for him in fantasy, and I'm the one who is I'm the reason that DJ Curse caused it. But I am a little bit not concerned long term. I'm concerned this term looking at the Ravens as well, too. They've been decimated by injury. Lamar now in the last couple of years, he's missed he's got COVID twice. He missed a game with illness earlier. Now he has the low ankle sprain. The amount of times he carries the ball, I really hope it's not something. That's going to plague his career as well, too. We talk about guys like Cam Newton, Josh Allen, the big guys that take a lot of punishment, how those kind of wear on them. I really hope that's not going to happen to Lamar Jackson, who touches the ball a lot. He has the ball in his hands as a runner frequently. He's a much smaller guy. Problem is nobody can touch him, it seems like. So I hope when it's not going to be a situation like that, but he has not quite been the same the last few weeks. So I'm a little bit low on Lamar Jackson's performances, and I hope he's able to come back next week as well, too. Hopefully, if he's missing against the Packers, what's the point in watching that game? Yeah, wholeheartedly. I'm... Uh, interesting to see, obviously, as a big Lamar proponent in myself, um, I always hope for the best of Lamar. And so 
hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he gets he gets back on on par. But yeah, it has been some subpar performances in there with a few sporadic, like wow, he looks really good type of moments. So yeah. unfortunately, he he's not out. having as many good games. He's having good plays, and that's what concerns me a little bit. I don't want him then to be in the flash in the pan type of thing as well, too. But I we all want the best for Lamar. We love Lamar here as well, too. I mean, you you have Lamar, you have a Lamar tattoo on your chest right now at this point, basically. So we're we're pretty much we're for posterity's sake, mother. No, I do not. I can still be buried in a Catholic cemetery. Don't worry. I was going to, you know, at, at the same time, out. I would if I could. Uh, there we go as well, too. And then my next one, it's going to go right next to your heart, right next to that one. I'm looking at the Cowboys' woes, primarily on the offensive side of the ball. In their last six games, if I'm not, since they basically blew the brakes off of Atlanta, they had the game against Denver where they looked kind of awful. They blew the brakes off Atlanta. Kansas City, they scored nine points. The Chiefs' defense has played a lot better, but with that firepower, you should not only score nine points. Against the Raiders, you put up a bunch of yards and had a valiant comeback and got into overtime, but you basically let the Raiders, you let Hunter Renfro become a deep threat on you. That they've a really spotty performance. Granted, they had the injuries, the Amari Cooper COVID, the CeeDee Lamb concussion. Then against the Saints, you won in kind of a hideous game that was topped off mostly by Taysom Hill's four interceptions. And against Washington, the offense just looks really stagnant. Dak to Prescott with some turnovers as well, too. And honestly, I just... I'm looking at the Cowboys and we talked about them early in the season when they were like six and one at one point they were rolling. They look like a Super Bowl favorite. They're a playoff team. They're going to win the NFC East comfortably, but I have concerns about them against probably four or five other NFC teams right now. And yes, I will. I do need to change it. He does need to change his t- team. I, we agree with that as well too. Senior mom commented on there as well too, but I'm, a, I'm just really, con- I'm really concerned about the Cowboys long-term just looking at the spotty offense. They're almost dependent on just random big plays, whether it's from the defense or the offense, they don't have a schedule anymore. Shout out to my mom to never make me to, to never fail at an opportunity to make me feel bad about my choices in life. Uh, you know what? Same, same here as well, too. And since we're on the same van, I'm just going to get through my last one really quickly, too. Another team that's kind of looking really weird this year is the Gonzaga Bulldogs in basketball. They're eight and two. They're the fifth ranked team. Ninety nine point nine percent of teams would be gladly take that. But you've lost to Duke by three. Not really any shame in that. You lost to Alabama, which they're Alabama's ranked pretty highly now because of that win. But Alabama isn't exactly known as the basketball powerhouse. Maybe they proved me wrong. In between, you had an unnecessarily close game as well, too. If I'm not mistaken, it was due Tarleton. That is one and six, oh and six away, and you nearly you were losing to them at one point. It looked like they were going to come back and win. You have the top recruit in Chet Holgram, who he's struggled a little bit. He's had his block numbers are absolutely sensational, but other than that, when you look at the eye test, he hasn't quite been the same. And you do have that win against Texas, which is a fantastic win, but that was 99% Drew Timmy's heroics of 37 points. Gonzaga will be fine, but considering how high of a bar they set the last few years, I'm a little concerned they're not going to live up to, which might be just what they need. Maybe going undefeated last year and losing then championship game was what they needed to get, like maybe end up like a five seed this year and win the whole thing. But I'm a little concerned watching Gonzaga basketball, looking long-term considering you have the number one recruit who isn't playing like the number one recruit on the offensive side. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that is part of it. That You mentioned Chet Holgram. Just some, somehow he hasn't, it, he kind of reminds me of when Katie entered, entered in college and at, for Texas, he just couldn't, his big body just didn't really fit the college mold very well. So it, it maybe it's something like that. I don't, I don't know if he's just still kind of, I mean, look, he's what six foot 10, seven foot two, something like that. And literally just lanky arms and nothing but arms and bones. And it's like, <laughs> it's awkward looking. And then you just kind of got to grow into your body, get a little stronger. So um, we'll, we'll see, but I think you're right. I think if they finish, finish with a five seed, I think they have a very good opportunity to win the whole thing. I will say too, for Chet's offense struggles, he does he does have like three and a half blocks per game and has seven blocks in a game. So defensively, he is using that length by just kind of flailing his arms up and be creating an 
creating a wall. So he does he does still make up for it on defense, man. But I'm I'm curious to see how Gonzaga goes moving forward. But as we're running low on time, Kelsey, go and hit his we lows really quickly. Hopefully they can match your highs. Yeah, uh, uh probably not as much fun <laughs> and just real quick, uh, you know, you you ask about my football team, and I'm just gonna go ahead and do one more about my football team at the rate we're going here. Micah Parsons, if you guys haven't heard, there's a lot of issues in the offensive side of the ball right now for the Cowboys. Namely, their running backs are hurt in uh, in Tony Pollard and Zeke, whether they're, they're fully healthy to go. They are day-to-day both right now. Uh, Michael Parsons is being talked about as going and playing running back. No. Uh, just, <laughs> I, the, I heard this story, and the first thing I said was just, no, this is not true. And then there's a whole thing about it. He's been asked about it. He went back to say, like, yeah, you know, I, I I played linebacker in college just because that's where I thought they would want me to play. But James Franklin, his coach in college, said, yeah, he probably could have made it as a as a running back due to his speed and power. I think all of Derrick Henry. And I'm like, great, great. Now I have a now I have a middle linebacker slash edge rusher who wants to go play offense. Like, <sighs> Cowboys, get out of your own way in this situation. Don't don't make Mark don't make Micah be a uh, be a be an offensive player at this point in time. He's your best pass rusher. Why risk getting him hurt on offense when he's taking a hit stick? He's not Cordero Patterson at this point. Cordero Patterson's the ultimate Swiss Army knife after 10 years in the league. Don't drop that on a rookie. Let him just continue doing his thing. He's a defensive rookie of the year. Why change anything? Look, running backs get hurt. Linebackers do the hurting. That's how this whole thing works. Don't put a guy in there to get hurt who normally does the hurting. Let him go sack the quarterback and give Trayvon Diggs easy interceptions. It's a formula that's working, but I, what, I digress. I'm not a Cowboys coach for a reason. I don't know either, but that'll take me to number two on the lows. Coppin State, if you guys haven't heard about this wild story, Coppin State forgot their jerseys because they do not have an equipment manager to bring their jerseys. So they had to wear Drexel's practice jerseys, the Drexel Dragons practice t-shirts, and it was just all sorts of goofiness. And there was a, the first comment I read was, this is why you hire an equipment manager. They do not just wash laundry. They provide your team with jerseys. And I wish I just pulled the image from it, but it is as goofy as possible. And, and DJ, have you ever had a Little League game or anything that you could think of where you just didn't have your jersey? No. Like, what? Like, no. Like, you should have copped a few jerseys on your way to the stadium at this point. My goodness, it's so simple. Like, go to a cheap Universal or Walmart and I'll wear the same T-shirt or something. My goodness. Like, I got no words for that one. My Lord. Yeah, uh, one in one in five on the season, or one in six on the season, I believe. Who did they beat? State. Who lost to a team that can't remember jerseys? <laughs> That is a great question. Uh, this is also the second time it's happened to Coppin State in the last decade. Fun fact for you. Okay, um, we're moving on before I go on a random tirade. We don't have time for this. Oh, one. Next and one. <laughs> this is, of course, Team Mom also would remember a jersey. Yes, my mom never forgot my jerseys ever. Shout um, out to all the moms, 100%. The real <laughs> exactly. So, so getting off of that one and going into a, a low of all lows, well, the Bills and their running game. Um, they don't have any. They don't have a running game. And I don't know if it went missing in the snow at some point in time. Bill Belichick stole it. Uh, I don't know what the deal is here, but there's no running game except for Josh Allen. And you cannot, as you saw Josh Allen walking off in a boot after Sunday, you cannot have your number one running back be your quarterback as a long-term option. It just will not work. There's a reason the the Baltimore Ravens bring in five previous 1,000-yard rushers to take some pressure off of Lamar. Don't keep doing this to Josh Allen. Please, dear God, Bills. I want to see a Super Bowl run. I don't want to see the Bills continue to circle the wagons because you keep sucking. Stop it. Don't make me circle the wagon around a trophy. Don't circle the wagon around an injured player anymore. 
Or you should circle the RB spot on the depth chart and fill that thing in a little bit thicker. If you're since the ones you have, you clearly don't want to give the ball to. It's pretty simple, but I it's so simple. You have three running backs that you like, but none of them you love enough to give the ball to. It's so weird. Not at all. So that does it for my ties and lows. Uh, DJ, do you have anything for crunch time? We'll throw it up here. Swift Lifestyles, obviously, is our uh, sponsor for, for crunch time. As we're running down on time, DJ, did you have anything to add for crunch time? Not a whole lot. I'm just going to say, A, definitely check out Swift Lifestyles. It's a lot like pre-workout, but it doesn't give you the same jitters or the itches like some pre-workouts do as well, too. It's very healthy, very good for you as well, too. And it tastes really nice as well. Bubble gum, blue raspberry, I love both of them. But the only thing I'm going to go with crunch time is everybody who was able to tune in, follow along, saw us in person during our tailgate at the Cleveland versus Ravens game last week in Cleveland. We appreciate everyone who tuned in, followed along, jumped in on the cast, watched us on social media, partook in the jersey. It's an absolutely fun experience. It's great to try and spread belly up, spread color cast, and spread ourselves getting a giant footprint and just combining everything. We met some great people, had a wonderful time interacting, had some quality beer. Shout out to BrewDog for making it possible as well, too. And I look forward to doing it again as well, too. And we look forward to hopefully working with everybody again in the future and many more to come. Yeah, look, if you guys have been following Twitter, uh, you've already saw that uh, that belly up kind of let the cat out of the bag and said we'll be doing more of these in 2022. Um, we may or may not be. <laughs> we will be doing more of these in 2022 if we get our opportunity. And we'd love to continue doing it with BrewDog. And, and we look, we got to meet incredible people at the Top Dog tailgate as well. Uh, BrewDog, you, by the way, if you're curious as how good BrewDog beer is, uh, it took 20 minutes from the time they dumped the beer into the coolers, eight cases of beer, so over 200 beers, for it to disappear. Yeah, we didn't even get the trial of them, which that kind of yeah. stunk. We only got to try a handful, and we missed a few of them. That's how quickly it went. Like we had to run away from color the color casting to grab a handful, and we st- and some of them were already gone at that point. Like we didn't even get to fully indulge in all of it. But each one fantastic in its own right. Definitely give them a check. Check them out as well too. They do deliver to all fifty states, depending on what your state laws are. Some of them will be non-alcoholic, but definitely worth giving a look. I mean, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely check out their website. It is BrewDog.com. You can just search them by on Google BrewDog. Or if you're on Twitter, it's Brewdog USA. Uh, you can check them out there. So, guys, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we cannot wait until the next time we talk to you guys. So, until then, see ya. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from AHA to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. 
Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.